The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Almighty God, Lord Jesus, we come saying, take not your presence from us, but, O Lord, come and deal with our hearts. Draw us close, Lord Jesus, that we could hear the word that you want spoken today. Lord, I tremble in your presence, and I cry aloud to you, for the hour of your judgment has come. Almighty King, I cry out for America today. I cry out for Washington, D.C. today. Lord, would you reveal your will in power and majesty to save the lost, to turn the sinner from his wickedness, to restore unto us, O Lord, your mercy. Lord, bless each person listening today. Draw their hearts unto yourself, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I have a message for you today that I cannot claim. I'm going to share with you what the Lord said to me early this morning. First, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. This is coming from Revelation, the 13th chapter. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. Because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive the mark on his right hand or on his forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number. His number is 666. Growing up, my father often spoke to me of this passage of Scripture. I would climb on his lap, and he would open the big black Bible, and he would read this 
incredible passage to me. And I'd say, Daddy, who was that? He'd say, Raymond, I believe that beast that came out of the earth is the United States of America. It came like a lamb, looked like a lamb, but it has begun to act like a beast. He speaks like a dragon. He exercises great authority for the first beast. Now, please understand, there are two beasts in Revelation that we have to deal with. The first beast comes up out of the sea, out of the peoples. But the second beast comes up out of the earth, meaning it was not populated. The United States came up out of the earth. It's the only nation I know of that fits this description. This beast power is the one who causes the mark of the beast to be accepted, and it is an economic and social mark. It's not a tattoo. It is literally permission to participate in commerce and business with an absolute commitment that is signed off on to the beast power, the one world government. Now, I want you to notice the positioning of this passage in Revelation, the 13th chapter. It is just prior to the coming of Jesus Christ. It is one of the very last things to occur before Jesus comes. Now, some pastors have totally misunderstood this and have even taught that you can receive the mark of the beast and still go to heaven because once you're saved, you can never be lost. Of course, that's a lie, a deception to trick God's people. Now, the 144,000 come next. And then a strange thing happens. It's found in Revelation 14. It's called the three angels. Again, my father used to read this to me. And he would say to me, Ray, the day will come when you will be called on by the Spirit of God to preach the message of the three angels. I want to tell you that time has now come. We are under the dominance of this lamb-like beast who speaks like a dragon. This lamb-like beast that will be given all recognition and authority to the world cabal. This lamb-like beast is going to cause everyone to receive the mark that he could do business. The coronavirus 
was the pin that pricked the balloon, the economic balloon. And now the collapse is upon us. Everyone is shut down. America is shut down. The world is shut down. And all the indicators are saying we are going into a deep depression. Out of this confusion, out of this destruction, you will see this lamb-like beast rise up with even greater power and usher in the final days of earth's history. We are no longer in the last days of earth's history under the demonic power. We are instead in the last hours before the deliverance of Jesus comes to us. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of air, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth. And by the way, the eternal gospel is the only gospel. And it is the gospel that teaches us very clearly that it is God's intention. It is his great desire that each of us pass from death to life. If you have not gained the victory over your sin, I can tell you for certainty that if you die, you will not be going to heaven. God requires you to humble your heart and repent, ground your weapons of war against the Lord, and submit now totally and completely receiving the forgiveness of Jesus, being washed in the blood and in the water, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The gospel of Jesus is powerful. We are going to hear now, continuing on Pilgrim's Progress, the eternal gospel being proclaimed. I am not ashamed of it. I am scorned for preaching it, but I am not ashamed of it. It is a gospel of sinners being transformed by being born from above, leaving their sin, walking in righteousness, and having great joy in the victory of Jesus Christ. Now, this is what it says. To every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the springs of water. I want to tell you what I heard this morning, that the Lord spoke to me. He said, listen. When the Lord says, listen, I know he has something very important to say to me. Now, I'm not a prophet. I'm nobody. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. He said, listen. 
call the people to repent. And then he said these astonishingly terrifying words. I am breaking the staff of correction over the backs of my sheep who long for different pastures and whose heart is fat on that that which is not holy. I will now let them pursue their own lust and I will no longer stand in their way. I want to share that again. The Lord said, I am now breaking the staff of correction over the backs of my sheep who long for different pastures and whose heart is fat with that which is not holy. I will now let them pursue their own lust and I will no longer stand in their way. How many times the Lord in his great mercy has stood in the way of my wickedness. He stood in the way of my lust. He stood in the way of my disobedience. He's saying, I'm not going to do that. That's over. The hour of my judgment has come. Now, if you desire and pursue the lust of your heart, I will let you do that. If your heart today is fat on that which is not holy, professional sports, television, movies, pornography, if your heart is fat with bitterness and anger, if your heart is fat with rage, if your heart is fat with the lust for things and people, the Lord is saying, I'll no longer stand in your way. Go ahead and and consume all the wickedness you desire to consume because now is the hour of my judgment. This angel is now proclaiming the eternal gospel. Now, I don't know who the angel is. Angel simply means messenger. Flying in the midst of the air could very well be on radio. I don't know that it's an angel from heaven. It may be an angel pastor, a messenger pastor. I don't know but I just know he's saying very loudly and very clearly the hour of his judgment has come, and you see that with the coronavirus. It is God's judgment on the world. It's not just America. It's on the world. Because God is saying, now is the hour of my judgment. I want to share with you out of the book of First Peter today, He says, chapter 1, verse 13, Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. 
set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. He's saying, look, you were taught the gospel, the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have rejected that gospel and continue to walk in sin, the Holy Spirit is saying to me, tell the people, you're free to go on walking in your wickedness. Because the hour of my judgment has come and you will face the consequences of your sin. You no longer live in ignorance. You know what God expects of you. To cast away from your heart everything that would deceive, every wickedness that would come and try to jump on you, every bitterness, every anger, every part of malice. He's calling you to repent. Or he's saying, go your way. Consume that which is of darkness. Eat your fill. The judgment time is here. Verse 15, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. So God is saying, Look, I'm holy. I am set apart for a special purpose. And I'm asking you to be set apart for me. I'm asking you to be set apart from the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm asking you to finally get the full victory in Jesus. To begin to walk in the joy of your salvation. To lift up your heart in praise and worship and thanksgiving to the Jesus who died on the cross for your sin. To the Jesus who rose from the dead and has now said, I will give you all things. How long will you wait in that middle place where you can enjoy the things of the devil and enjoy calling yourself a Christian? The Lord is saying the time for that is past. He's saying, I'm going to step away from you and I'm not going to try to stop you anymore. I'm going to withdraw the correction of the Holy Spirit from you. It's time to finalize this now. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believed in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now I want you to listen to this next verse. It is totally self-explanatory. Now that you have purified yourselves 
by obeying the truth. You don't purify yourself by just making a confession of sin. You don't purify yourself by just saying, Jesus, I'll serve you. You don't purify yourself by saying, Lord, I love you. None of those things will purify you. The only thing that will purify you is obeying the Holy Spirit and by the power of the blood, you obey the truth of the eternal gospel of Jesus Christ and you leave your sin. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers. You see, you will never have sincere love for your brothers and sisters. You will always be withholding financial help out of selfishness. You will always be holding back until you have obeyed the truth of God and have been purified by the blood of Jesus until you have been born from above, not just made into a cultural Christian, but made into a real Christian. And I know that many of you listening today are cultural Christians. You have some victory, but you don't have the full victory. You don't have the joy and the life and the crying aloud unto God For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. This is the word that was preached to you by Peter, by Pastor Ray. This is the word that I've been preaching to you. Chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Therefore, in other words, because of this word, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind, and like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For the scriptures say, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those of you who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone 
and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Not stumble and fall because of ignorance, but because of disobedience. America is shut down. The stores are closed. The malls are all closed. Many of you are now unemployed. You're worried about how you're going to pay your rent this next month. You're worried about, will I have enough food? What about the car payment? What about just being able to go out to a movie? No, God has shut everything down. God's judgment is upon this nation. And it is transitioning into a one-world government under this lamb-like beast Who's in charge of the world economy more than anyone else in the world? America. We're going to see the total collapse of the American economy. It is being utterly destroyed. Who could have imagined this 30 days ago? This lamb-like beast is going to begin speaking now like a dragon. It already is in some places. They can arrest you for going out of your home. They can break up a birthday party with 50 policemen. Forget about distancing for coronavirus they come with batons and and weapons and they're all together solid they stumble because they disobey the message not because of ignorance the scriptures say this is what they were destined for Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? The very last thing before the coming of Jesus in glory is for this second beast to rise up and exercise his power. The second beast to rise up and issue the orders regarding the mark of the beast. And you will either take that mark or you will not be able to go to the grocery store and buy any food. You will not be able to rent a house. You will not be able to buy gas for your car. It is right on the horizon. We are going to see a financial reset. We're going to see some heavy inflation and then desperate depression. Prices of real estate will drop, really drop. The price of cars, they're going to drop. We're going to see a horrendous time ahead of us. I don't say this to frighten you. I say this to you to understand that God is bringing judgment on the earth. 
Now is the hour of his judgment. And you must make a decision about where you stand. You can no longer stand in the middle with one foot in a nice friendly church and your other foot in the club or with the devil or with the television pouring forth its vile filth. You are called to separate yourself from the world, to not touch anything unclean, that God would accept you as a son and as a daughter. He says, You are a chosen people. This is First Peter 2.9. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Does that describe you? Is that who you are today? in order that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Following Jesus brings us out into the full light where everything about our life is open and exposed. We have nothing to hide anymore. All of the sin is repented of, and it is removed from our hearts and from our lives. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Do you understand? Now I want to talk about another issue. It's a very current issue. As Americans are being told to stay at home, they're finding themselves boxed in with their husband or with their wife and with their children. Now, Christians would consider this to be a wonderful thing because Jesus bore our sins in his body on the, on the cross that we might die to sins and live for righteousness or innocence by his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Is that true of you today? Now let's look at the real test. In China, the news is reporting that divorces are multiplying beyond anything they had imagined because husbands and wives can't stand each other when they're all shut up together. And the pressure is on. And so bitter fighting breaks out, nagging, yelling, screaming, wickedness. And you come to the third chapter of First Peter, and this is what he says. Wives, Be submissive to your husbands, 
so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as braided hair, the wearing of gold jewelry, and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughter, if you do what is right, and do not give way to fear. Now, this is not a popular word today, but I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to speak to you the truth. If in your family right now you are having hostile arguments, if you are yelling and screaming and throwing things at each other and at the kids, you need to repent. You need to turn from your wicked behavior, wife. Now, I know women who are egalitarian, they claim to be Christian. I don't believe they are. They claim that, yes, we're all created equal, and that's true. All men and women are created equal. And at the cross, the curse of sin was broken. But if we go back to what Adam and Eve shared together in the garden, Eve did not go off on her own until she walked up to the serpent and walked into sin. The design of Genesis was that the wife was to be a helpmate for her husband. In other words, they have different roles to play. They are equal before God, but the wife is designed as a helpmate to her husband. Now, I'm addressing wives first, and then I'm going to deal with the husband. In this time, the pressure is very high because of lack of money, uncertainty and not knowing whether you're going to have to move out of the house. Uncertainty is very high because you don't know what's happening with your children. And now is the acid test to see what your relationship with Jesus Christ is. Will you be a humble, submissive, person before Jesus Christ. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul, who is Jesus Christ. And so Peter is saying, listen, your life should be that of purity and reverence. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment. He's not saying, don't look beautiful. He's saying that should not be the primary point of your life. Instead, it should be the inner self, the unfailing beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, not a nagging, screaming witch. So if you want, if you want your marriage to last through this, you're going to have to get to Jesus. This is not to be settled between you and your husband. It's to be settled between you and Jesus. 
It means you're going to have to get in the prayer closet and pour out all of the hurt, all of the injustice, all of the accusations. You're going to have to pour that out before Jesus and ask him to heal your heart because it says, by his wounds, you have been healed, not by making your husband into something that he's not. So get your hands off your husband and get before Jesus and let him transform you into a humble servant of the living God. Submit to your husband. Let him be what he is supposed to be, which is the head of the house. That does not mean he's in front of Jesus. Jesus is first and foremost. It doesn't mean you're supposed to submit to physical abuse. It means you are supposed to go to Jesus. Now, let's deal with husbands. Verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, in the same way as your wife. In other words, do the same things I'm telling your wife to do. Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect, not yelling at them, not abusing them, not cursing them, not screaming at them because they won't do what you want them to do. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. If you are mistreating your wife, if you are not treating her with respect and love and humility, your prayers, mister, cannot be answered by God. You will hinder your prayer life. So don't play religious and then be harsh with your wife or your children. That's not what God has called us to. He's called us to humble our hearts before one another, to love one another, to respect one another. Yes, we have different roles to play in the family. But no, there is no justification for wickedness, harshness, lying. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. You know what that means sometimes? It means just closing your mouth and taking all of your complaints to Jesus. All of your fears, you take them to Jesus. You don't load them on your husband and you don't load them on your wife. And you certainly don't load them on your children. You go to Jesus and you stand by faith with him that he will hear and answer your cry. A marriage is mutual love, respect, and may I say it, submission. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessings. Because of this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful, deceitful speech. 
He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. If you want a marriage to last through this tumultuous time, then repent of your angry words and ask your husband or your wife to please forgive you. Humble your heart before your partner. Wives, submit to your husband. Don't nag them. Don't hassle them. Don't demand of them. But together, go before the Lord. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for deliverance. For the eyes of the Lord, verse 12, are on the righteous. And his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, especially to your husband or to your wife or to your children. Now, Christ suffered in his body. He was crucified. Arm yourself with the same attitude. Because when you suffer, you're done with sin. Some of you are suffering because of how your husband is treating you. Some of you are suffering because of the way your wife has treated you, perhaps even leaving you. Let God's judgment be with them. Let not the judgment be from you. Don't criticize. Don't condemn. May I even say don't correct. Now is the time of tension and pressure. It is time to go before the Lord and seek his face. For by his wounds, you have been healed. The end of all things is near. It's time for us to be clear-minded so that we can pray. Above all, it's time to love each other deeply from the heart. Use whatever you have to serve your wife. Wives, whatever you have, use it to serve your husband and your children. The judgment hour of God has come. And your eternal salvation is going to depend on how you deal with this. And if you have purified yourself by obedience to his commands, if you have not raged, if you have repented, and you're living with a clean spirit before Almighty God. You may have stolen. 
You may have lied. You may have cheated. Whatever the sin is, Jesus will forgive it if you will seek his face with all of your heart. There is no sin Jesus cannot that he cannot break by his blood. I'm urging you, this should be the sweetest time of your life with your husband or with your wife or with your children. If you are real Christians, you will banish fear by prayer closet time and scripture reading time. If you are real Christians, you will not be terrified, but you will trust in the almighty love of God. You have to get through the judgment of God. And as I shared with you this word that is so terrifying to me, God is now breaking the staff of correction over the backs of his sheep. And those of you who long for different pastures, those of you whose hearts are fat on that which is not holy, the Lord is saying, I'm now going to let you go. You can pursue your own interests. You can feast on all the darkness you want to feast on. God will no longer stand in your way until you stand before his judgment bar and face the consequences for your wickedness. Let's pray. Almighty God, the first angel is declaring his message even as I speak. Declaring the gospel of the kingdom. Because the hour of your judgment has come upon the earth and men and women are dying. Men and women see everything they've saved in their lives crumbling. They're going to see all of their savings depleted. They're going to see their treasures taken away. Lord, You are calling us to righteousness, to peace, to joy, to love. I pray today, Lord, for that husband who has been treating his wife with anger and distance and coldness. Lord, I pray for that wife who has been raging at her husband, even in her heart screaming at him, yelling at the kids. Lord, come with mighty power and settle your people. Lord, what should we expect? We are at the judgment day. We are at the end of time. You are coming again soon. Almighty God, would you come and hear the cry of our heart? In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I know the Lord wants me to continue with this broadcast. I was on the phone early this morning with several dear friends who have often helped in times of crisis, sharing with them the great need 
for men and women to sacrifice, to lay before God and hear what he wants you to give. Some of you have gold stored up. Some of you have silver stored up. Some of you have jewelry that you never will wear again. We're at the end of time. Would you step forward and give that this broadcast could continue on the air? Some of you have the resources to even help us move to the FM side of the dial. If you believe that these broadcasts are vital for America today, would you help me? I'm pouring out all I have in my life. I'd like to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195 or you can go to our webpage nationalprayerchapel.com and you can give online and thank all of you who are sending forward your pledges for last month it's time to pay the bill I love you you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress I'm Ray Greenley I'll talk to you soon before the presence of his glory Jesus Christ.